Hey, 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 it's Sunday morning. And, uh, yeah, I dropped the bomb on the, uh, the last episode was, uh, called the layoff. And where are we at here? So it's, it's 8.15 on Sunday morning, May 26 in Arizona. And it's only 73 degrees. Partly cloudy skies. And we're walking the bud. So we set the scene, right? We're setting the scene. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to walk the bud now. And the sun's out. So the sun is shining. And it does get a bit warm in the sun. Even though the air temperature is 73. And our skin and our bodies in Arizona... At least mine. I'm just like, ooh, it's warm. It's getting there. It's technically, it's only 73. Did I say that already? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of obsessive about everything. And the temperature, too. How about that? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Walking down the street like usual. So, what is today? Sunday? So, I think it was Friday morning. And so I don't know, I don't know if I, I thought I, I don't think I've done a podcast since then, but maybe, maybe I'm getting mixed up, but it's a processing thing and, and, uh, uh, shockers in your life, man, I mean, I obsess usually, anything can get me started on obsessing. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, time helps that work out. So I. Uh, and since I knew about something for 24 hours prior explaining it, I've already, already started processing that, but I'm telling somebody else something and they haven't processed it yet. So the, the temptation is to like hurry the person along and say, come on, I've, I've already processed this for 24 hours. This is what, you know, we're just going to deal with it. Let's move on. Don't, let's not dwell on it. And then basically the person's basically just going through the same thoughts that you had 24 hours ago. And some thoughts are negative. Some thoughts are like anger. There's all kinds of emotion in these things, right? So, um, and job, uh, for me, that's like number one thing, you know. It's, and it's not that I'm a lover of money or greedy. I just, I just want to have a comfortable pay my bills save for the future kind of life and when these things kind of happen they throw you out of kilter and you know I don't live the Dave Ramsey discipline of having six months stored up I sort of do but it's not in my bank account so so Dave sorry if you if you have Dave wants to argue with me yeah I do I got I have more than six months saved up, okay? Yeah, well, it wasn't exactly me that saved it up, but I don't want to go into too much of the details there. But um, but there's stress on me because access to that money is not easy. So, um, And so I, I have this split in my head or a duality, I guess you'd say. None, and, and I wonder if it has something to do with abundance thinking too. Well, and spirituality, of course, too, because is God not involved in all these things? I mean, this is where the flesh and the spirit have a battle. And uh, as I look back on the last 12 months, 
this this job that I was just let go from was came out of nowhere. So is it possible that the next job is going to come out of nowhere too? And then I should I stress myself out of it or should I just enjoy this wonderful Sunday morning in peace and um, believe in God? I mean, it, it's a challenge. And uh, you're, if you're listening to this podcast... Again, it's unscripted, right? So I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just processing my thoughts. And they're real. And I don't know, a lot of people probably have them, but they're probably too afraid to share them. And since only like two or three people listen to this thing, do I care? I mean, I care about you. You're smart. I mean, not that you're smart, but you're you're fortunate probably to hear this. Because I hope it's encouraging to you. I mean, why not be encouraged with real, transparent emotions and thoughts and these aren't the kind of discussions you have in a job interview (laughs) but maybe authenticity is important in a job interview right so I I just um, yeah I'm probably going to be faced with job interviews coming up but uh, yeah we'll see how that works out And we're one week away now, one week from uh, getting on a British Airways flight, Phoenix to London, a little extra rag room, and uh, just chilling, change planes, go to Dusseldorf and see Frank. I can't believe Frank's going to come. He's a great guy. He's a marketing guy for you marketing fans out there. A German marketer, right? Yeah. Germans don't have a sense of humor, but they still have to market. (laughs) but they actually do have a sense of humor it's just a little bit complicated and uh, oh yeah I saw this wonderful booby last it's really a surpriser because we are getting ready to go to Germany and so someone mentioned a movie about Dresden Dresden's a fascinating city and um, on Netflix we were searching around and we stumbled on this guy who was 15 years old in Dresden, so that's the, the, the hook. The hook of the film is he's 15 years old and was bombed in uh, Dresden. And uh, didn't know anything about it, but it's a real, like a documentary interview of the dude. And he's like, he's like the middle child of five kids, all born within five or six years of each other tight family lived on a farm in Germany eventually moved to Berlin his uh, father was a zealot Nazi not not in the <laughs> negative <laughs> negative way can you believe someone says that I mean this is who can say that he was someone's a Nazi like but not in the negative way <laughs> if you don't find the humor in that I don't know what it is but it's 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 coming to grips I mean this is what happens when you live in in Germany for five years is you you look around and you're like these people aren't bad I mean what what is it what's what what is it they're they're fine people they're very and so it's so odd the what happened it's so terrible but uh yeah the guy's father was an early believer so he's a zealot right so and he even it's a fascinating hour and a half because uh 
morning. Uh, a fascinating hour show of him reflecting on his life, and he calls it the month, the most fascinating, influential month of his life. Because after the bombing, he, uh, at 15 years old, he, he joined the German army to fight the Russians who were like 30 miles away. And he told the funniest story how he was just dumb. He was just a 15-year-old kid. He didn't know what he was. He's like, his world, and from his point of view, is like, hey, the rest of the world is uh, are going after us. I mean, we got a, we have a good thing going here in uh, Germany. We're, we have a cool life. We have good sausage and good beer. Why, why do the Russians want to kill us? 15-year-old <laughs> kid. It's such a funny story. And he's, he's like, he goes out, he rides his bicycle, of all things. And so he rides his bicycle. He gets on his bike from the city of Dresden. It's just bombed out. He's hanging out. He's like, hey, let's go, let's go fight. So he goes out. On his bicycle, to a couple hours out east towards the the Russian front, so to speak, which is moving and collapsing in on the country rapidly. But uh, he gets out there, and I guess the next day he's like, hmm, I feel like I need to get a haircut. <laughs> so he's 15 years old. He doesn't know any better, and he tells a story how he, he gets on his bike and rides two hours <laughs> back into Dresden, because he only knows of like one barber shop to get a haircut. So, so he, got, he's, he just joined the German army and uh, he goes back to his own barber in his, his new uniform and gets a haircut. But then he gets arrested by the, the German army for like, they thought he was going AWOL. They thought he was just like quitting and leaving and deserting the army. He's like, no, I, was, I just wanted to get a haircut. <laughs> I just wanted to get a haircut. So, I mean, and the guy, the guy the, this, this little documentary, is just you stumble on it, and it's like real life. You know, the guy lives in Columbia, South Carolina now. He's passed away, unfortunately, in 2015, and the movie came out in 2016. And all five of the kids were all alive in like 2014 and he went back to for his like one of his sister's uh, birthdays and uh, just fascinating right his four five siblings um, that really had no in inkling of what the heck was going on so you know and 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 and, and the black and white thinking world it's like oh come on they're guilty because how could they not know this stuff and they're guilty the germans are guilty they're awful people and it's like eh, i don't know about that There's some weird stuff going on so yeah they had a pretty arrogant and boastful view of themselves that's for sure but as kids, they were just proud of being there. They were told that they were great people. Hey, we're great, man. We're great. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So that was a show we watched last night. I, and I wasn't planning on talking about it. 
but it, it's just an, an experience that uh, I see and I get into. Come on, bud. Um, and I have a, I interact with it. And probably for the listener of this podcast, you're probably really confused about how can this be funny or how can this be entertaining. And it's just the complexities of life. It is kind of related to a layoff, right? So I just got done talking to my wife and she's processing it still. It's been 48 hours or so. And and there's like a choice in the matter. of Like, do I think that I suck? Like, I'm just absolutely the worst, crappiest employee ever. And so, therefore, I should have been laid off, you know? Do I want to, do I want to think that way? And what does that do to me? It makes me feel like crap, right? <laughs> but what am I trying to say? What have I been trying to say the last year? Everybody, love everyone always. And so, another way to look at it is the company just ran out of money. You know, I mean, that's another way of view at it. And for whatever reason, my boss chose that I was expendable for the money and things, even though it's probably about to bring in some good, good business, at least pay for myself, you know, and more, and then some, and set them up for the next five years of business. But, uh, you know, but, but that's maybe the nature of business development and marketing is you, you might get something started and then people, um, get rid of you because you got to start it and they don't need you anymore and they don't want to pay you forever right so that's the danger of this business development thing so the idea that I'm a business of one right and I have something to offer I got to get paid I got to deliver what I'm paid for and realize that 12 months may be the only amount of time I have either deliver in 12 months or that's it and uh I mean, CFOs, I guess chief financial officers of some of these companies, that's, they're given two years to, to make something happen. So, but that's not my, my thing. I'm not a CFO. Who am I? I'm like a, I'm a, a wooer. I win people over, win over others, win others over. So if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, I, I just naturally want to win others over. Not to, not because I'm a narcissist and things, but I'm, I want to win you over to certain ideas that'll help all of us, help myself, help you. And there's 7 billion people on the planet, so, and there's a lot of companies on the planet, so this one didn't work out. I never heard of this company before. I just, I needed a job and it was there, it was available. So, so I took it. So, I mean, I can't, you know, sometimes you just can't afford to wait around and overthink it, right? So, like, when it comes to, one of my issues is overthinking things. When it comes to getting a job, I never overthink it. I just like, oh, you got a job? You're going to pay me that much? I'm in. I need a job. Now, should I keep looking for a job while I have one? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I should probably do that. And I probably should have learned from the guy that hired the same day to me. He left after 30 days because he got another job offer. So, um, you know, that's 
that's it. And in fact, the, the dude that sized the guy up was like, he predicted it. Soothsayer. Soothsayer. So, processing life. So, yeah. Yeah. What else? We're walking the dog. We got some sun here. So yeah, so we're, we're probably gonna, this week's gonna be a little bit of a strange week. I'll apply for some jobs and get things started. Maybe I'll get some, I don't know, who knows, I'll get some phone calls, but basically I'm committed now. We are committed to leaving next Sunday to Germany. And I'm at a point of like, you know what? I'm not, I just can't worry about not having a job. <laughs> so, and I'm not gonna, I mean, I'll talk to people while I'm traveling, but who knows, maybe I'll get a phone call while I'm in uh, Pinamunda from Blue Origin. That would be ironic. Uh, all of a sudden the phone rings. Hey, this is Blue Origin and we're interested in hiring you for rockets. It's like, well, that's great. I happen to be standing in the Pinamunda Rocket Museum at the moment. So that's kind of ironic. Uh, would that be a kick? But uh, yeah, and, and so there's that. And um, I'm a dreamer, right? Dreamer. But isn't that where greatness comes from, right? Hanging, as uh, Jerry Maguire says. Uh, and I got Jerry, too, going. I'm such a Jerry Maguire. But is it self-sabotage? Is Jerry a self-sabotage dude? Or was he true to himself? Was Jerry just true to himself and had the, uh, the mission statement? And... Uh, at least my mission statement's being written over uh, a couple year period. And I've got some professional help to make sure it's not a bombshell. It should be a bombshell in a good way. But, uh, I don't know. It needs work. It needs need some thought but I, I do like the uh, I'm a medium so and I guess I am a deep thinker I think about I don't think about shit that other people do I, so it's probably that obsessive thing so let's, let's just say you know obsessing I did google that like what are some positive positive outcomes of being like obsessive and I think it is deep thinking I've had feedback that way that you know I do think deeply about stuff and a lot of people don't don't like it I don't know they, they just want to stay at the surface level man it's hard for me to do that I just can't do that and uh, yeah oh so I had this I've been having this little spat on tech on text messaging um, with a, an elder an elder of the church who's really a good dude in person and everything I've always had a lot of respect for him and I still do have a lot of respect for him but he's been sending me these text messages that are like 
driving me nuts and they're like really critical and I'm like, dude, do you really think I'm that awful of a person, dude? I mean, come on. And I'm not getting any feedback other than like, hey, I've spent enough time in this. Like, like it's okay to insult the shit out of me and then like just say, and then just say, well, I can't deal with it because I don't have time for that. <laughs> so we went to this uh, high school graduation party for some, as you do, as you do. And, and my wife's kind of, as we were heading in, the, the family's a, ch- a family from church that we know, but they're, they're, not, they're not like in the inner circle of the church group, whatever that means. And, and, and just for the listeners' uh, information, so I've been in this church since like 98, so what is that, 20 years? So 20, 2008 is 10, yeah. 20-some years. And I basically went to it because it's local, easy going. The pastor was a football player. Never mentioned anything about Southern Baptist Convention at all, SBC. I never knew it. I never knew anything about it. And because he, he's from LA, played football in Houston. Just kind of a football dude. Not not the most dynamic speaker, but I mean, he wasn't being a. Uh, he was a thinker too. I guess I related to him because he thought deeply about stuff. So I could put up with it. I mean, it wasn't dynamic and things, which I may get back to that in a moment. But uh, he was replaced by a, a Kentucky dude from back east, Bible Belter, SBC is awesome. All these celebrity SBC people that I never heard of were all of a sudden being invited to our church to speak. My favorite was the, the uh, the head of a seminary was going to come do a marriage seminar, you know. So, like, I'm like, dude, I actually literally sent an email to the pastor saying, dude, why are you bringing a dude from North Carolina who's a seminary professor to teach about marriages when his role is to, like, inculcate young people with Bible knowledge and academic stuff and... He doesn't spend more than maybe three hours a week, if that, on marriage stuff. Why not get a local counselor that's like does marriage counseling in Phoenix that like spends 60 hours a week dealing with every possible marriage issue ever under the sun for the last 10 years? And maybe they have something to say about it, you know? Go to the experts. But no... This guy's coming to Phoenix, and we're paying his airfare. We're going to pay for him, give him a stipend, because he's part of the company man machine. I mean, that's my outside. I mean, it's not that I don't have... I'm sure that's what went down, but I don't care to study it. I don't care to obsess on it. It's a couple of years old. But that's the kind of crap I've been putting up with the last couple of years, is this SBC is awesome we're the, we're the smart people, you know. And the most recent abuse of that was the criticism of Joel Osteen from the pulpit, which I need to say, Joel Osteen's famous. I don't, I'm not a follower. I think he says a lot of good stuff. He's, as far as I'm concerned, he's fine. You don't need to criticize him. And I just said, hey, that was a mistake. I, we, you know, you might have visitors that come into the church. Do you want them to welcome them? Or do you want, like, the first thing you hear, do you want them to hear, like, Joel Stein's a false teacher. You know, I just don't think there's any value in that in Phoenix. So that turned into a little bit of a fiasco. And you, someone could say, well, you're just being obsessive on that, Mike. And I'm like, well, 
I guess, is it wrong to be obsessive about to care about people and to be inclusive? I mean, especially since my strength is to be inclusive, I want to include people. So if somebody watches a Joel Osteen program in Phoenix on Saturday night and they're moved to go look for a Bible-believing church and they come to our church and the first thing they hear is like, oh, Joel Osteen's false teacher. It's like, dudes, really? And so all I wanted was, it wasn't a sin against me, you know. And I love how these Baptists like, well, Michael, you should follow Matthew 18, where it says, if your brother sins against you, you should go see to him directly one-on-one. And I'm like, well, really? Um, well, I don't feel like the dude sinned against me. I just think he said something stupid from the pulpit, okay? So saying something stupid from the pulpit is not a sin against me. So you can shove that Matthew 18 thing right up your butt and just deal with the facts. Okay, The facts are the guy said something stupid and all he has to do, all I'm asking for is some humility to go back up there next time and say, hey, it was pointed out to me that this might have been offensive to people. And you know what? I think it's true. It is offensive to people. It very well could be offensive to people. And I shouldn't have said it, so I apologize. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. And that turned into like this massive, massive text messaging crap where I'm like Mr. Evil dude. And I'm like, I'm, I'm always learning now. So the, the, the description of me is that I'm always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy 3, 7, you know? So I'm supposed to like, so that's like the counseling I get from the elder that I, <laughs> which I am always learning, but what, what, what knowledge of the truth am I not picking up on, you know? So I think his, the implication is that I'm contentious and unloving. Oh, really? I'm contentious and unloving. But it's all like hearsay, innuendo, observation, perceptions, right? The perceptions are that way. And uh, so here we go. Here comes a dog on, a, on the loose. I hope his owner's nearby. This guy's like running off. Are you going to come over here? He might. Bud's chilling in the shade here. So I just sat down in the shade because it's getting a little warm. It's not quite hot yet, but it's, we're getting close. Next Sunday is going to be a good day to get out of Dodge for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it would be nice to come back, to have a job to come back to. But we already talked about that. Chill out, bud. So, um, dog on the loose. <laughs> Snuck out. Hey, what do you got going on, bud? He did come over here just sniffing and sniffing and sniffing. Let me, I may have to pause. Maybe I should pause and call. I would hope that the owners would come by. I mean, I gotta, let's see what your tag says here, bud. Oh, doggy. Let's see what you got. You got a phone? You got a phone number? So we got a dog tag, it looks like. And it says uh, Chip. Um, there's a phone number, so I think I will pause the episode. I don't know. I'm going to try to pause and see what happens. Hey. So, 
um, we'll pick this up and see if this works by um, stopping and starting. Bye. Okay, part two. We had a little dog, uh, lost dog action. So I held on to that dog. So I had to stop the recording so that I could um, call them and re reunite the dog with their owner. So an awesome deed of the day, people. An awesome deed of the day. So little victory, right? You know, that person, her family, they missed the dog. The dog jumped over the fence. And she's chasing them down. When we got snakes and coyotes out here, you never know what might happen. You know, poor doggies. Little dogs in the desert. Snakes, rattlesnakes, coyotes. It's a dangerous world out here. So we, we keep a good eye on Bud. Bud's made it through four years of this dangerous living here. Even though I got him a little too close to a rattlesnake one time. But Bud, Bud. Bud, your proof. Like beer, Bud and Bud beer. Budweiser beer, Bud. Connections. I think Martin Luther said something about what, what happened there. I just got like a snappy, slappy thing. I don't know what that was about. Did someone wave at me? I don't know. Um, I'm doing a recording. We're a minute into part two. Finishing up the walk with Bud. It's getting warmer out, the sun's out. It's probably up a few degrees. And uh, maybe, maybe me. It still says 73, but I think it's more like 75. But the sun is warm. Humidity, 25%, not bad for 73 degrees. You don't need it to be 4%. But it will be in a few weeks. We'll get those fun, fun, uh, Four percenters. I think someone's waving at me on Messenger. I don't know what the heck that is. I keep hearing these little clap claps. I'm going to check and see. No, not Messenger. No, I don't think. Was it? Somebody? Somebody clapping? No, there's that. Check Facebook. You know, it's so, it's so important now to check all these social media things. And uh, maybe it was a, fa a Facebook clapper. I don't know what that was. Aaron Thorpe. Oh, three minutes ago. Well, whatever. Back to the podcast. That was a pause for our sponsors, so consider that a a uh, moment of of uh, commercial interruption. So we're walking. We're still walking. We got some dogs over here. They're gonna. People are outside and back. And see if they hold on to their doggies well or they go nuts and start barking like crazy which they might do and which is okay and uh, a couple of big dogs morning uh, and i don't even know where i was talking about shoot dog it. um probably the there's some clapping again. I don't know what that is. But honestly, what is that? So, um, the uh, we were talking about the saying stuff stupid and just commenting. So, I mean, and then the Second Timothy three for you Bible readers. I mean, there's this whole list of like awful people about the last days and 
it's like then it's then it's the uh, always learning but never come to the knowledge of truth which yeah so people will probably perceive me as like a learner I'm learning I'm studying I've got facts I do I read I read stuff Ooh. but I'm never coming to the knowledge of the truth which is apparently the now the truth is that you just bow down to the leadership of your your church and just like whatever they say goes you know just believe them because they know better hey buds he's, he's got hot he just went in the shade he just plopped down man i hesitated for a second he's like down down on the cool sidewalk so yeah so the the message i'm receiving is apparently the knowledge of the truth is that there are leaders there's elders there's a structure to the church which i guess i'm kind of fighting against that all right and that's why the other day i mentioned the roman catholic church i'm like the Roman Catholic Church is kind of cool because they don't have like celebrity priests. They may have a few, but for the most part, they don't have these like celebrity priests that um, draw attention to themselves. And uh, I'm not sure why we got some tape over here, but uh, they're some, putting some tape up, like police tape up here. And... Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, man. There's Steve and his dog. But I guess we're not supposed to walk here. We'll find out here in a minute. I don't know why I'm getting this clapping, man, in my phone. But um, we'll see what happens. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm against the uh, that. So we're, about, we're coming up on the, the tape to stay away. And, uh, howdy, what's going on? Oh, you're going to cut the tree? Yeah. Okay. Can I get through once? Yeah. Okay. I'll just walk through and then we'll be done. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, thank you. So we got a little tree trim in there, and uh, yeah. And uh, so, um, what are we gonna do? I'm gonna go to the gym and do some working out. And I'm still getting clapping in the phone. I really don't know what that is. I don't know if it's text messages coming through, which it might be. I don't know, I mean, oh, what is emails? Sign into the iTunes store. I don't know what's going on. Sign into iTunes store. Uh, maybe I, did I sign up for an app? I don't know. What is happening? Some podcasts are coming in. They're coming, podcasts are coming in. I don't need podcasts coming in. I'm making my own podcast, people. So um, there's some messenger stuff right there came in. I don't know when that came in. Messenger, messenger. Maybe that's it. Maybe those are all messenger wave things that came in. So what do we got going here? We got goots. We got goots. We got flukop and goot, goot, flukop and. Um, so, yeah. I'm la obsessive, so I'm letting that go. Sort of. Am I? Am I? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Can we obsess about not obsessing? 
let's obsess, obsess about not obsessing. So what is it, deliberating mental illness? Nah, this is all the humor part of it. Maybe, that, maybe comedians are just obsessing people. So um, yeah, maybe my calling is to bring to, you know, like apparently Martin Luther might have been obsessive. So we're gonna go visit old Martin's place. What a luxury that is, right? 2019. Gonna get on a plane next week, just get in a, a meat boggin, drive through the countryside. There it is, folks. There's the old church, former East Germany. Couldn't drive there 20 some years ago. It was all blocked off by the commies. And we love our commies. And there's an incoming quantity. So, like, uh, yeah, the political statement for this podcast is there's, there's a movement in the U.S. to bitch about income inequality. And really, like a 15-year-old kid making 12 bucks at McDonald's, he should get paid the same as a CEO of General Motors who's manufacturing 3 million cars a year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? The responsibility. You get paid for what you value bring, right? And so everybody discounts the value of the... Um, the CEO of General Motors that's making three million cars, they think, well, he doesn't deserve it. He's just a dude. Look what he's doing in his personal life. You know, he likes Eminem or something, and he listens to rap music, and he hangs out with Snoop Dogg and smokes weed or something. I don't know, right? But what are the decisions he has to make? I don't know. I can't help it. He's got there. It's not me. It's not my life. It's not mine to judge him. So he gets paid a shitload of money. That's great. Elon Musk, $2 billion, whatever. Killed people with his Tesla, with his autopilot button. But what the hell? That's life. That's not my, not my battle, right? So um, I got to live my life. And the best way to live a life is the solus spiritual ambulatio, which is to walk in the spirit. And it's not, a, it's not a judging life, you know? I mean, if anyone, you know, if you look at Jesus' life in the Gospels, who did he judge? It was the religious people, right? Who, who was he? <laughs> he wasn't, he was like massively gracious and kind to just the regular folk. The regular folk, it was the religious people that got smacked. And I think that's just going to continue until the end, right? Ecclesiastes, man, nothing's changed. It's still the religious people, the people holding the... Uh... Oh, I hear clap for that. Maybe I'm getting claps for my comments. I don't know. It's a nice touch. Nice touch. Yep, see? Uh, applause, applause. I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe that's a new anchor fill-in, like when someone want, someone's doing a rant. And they want, they're giving them some feedback with a little clapping. So that's good. So, yeah, um, so Jesus wasn't nasty. Morning. All right, keep walking. Some walkers. We've got a couple more weeks and it's going to be smoking hot. Keep telling you that. I got to clap for that. Thank you, audience. Thank you, audience. So you get a clap track that goes with your Anchor FM now. <laughs> Just throw out a few applause, applauses here and there, which is good. Why not? Why not? So, um, yeah. So, Jesus is not impressed with religious people. Never was. So why should he be impressed now? It's kind of weird. It's, a, it's an oxymoron, maybe. But it's the self-perpetuating uh, class. The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like more like Jesus because 
I have a disdain for religiosity. And the religiosity always tries to, their only self-justification is that they're right. We're right. We have the right beliefs, mein Führer. And uh, that's, that's the, uh, the nature of the religious community. We're kind of stuck because that's where humanity goes. But are we stuck? Can we come up with a new, new uh, collection, new grouping, new socialization? Not sure. But uh, that's humanity. The humanity of walking down Shaughnessy Road and 29th Avenue, a private street, my friends. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go work out. I told you that. So I'm going to push some weights around, get myself spun up. And then the most debatable thing I did. I don't know, is it debatable? questionable thing so i reached out to the the weed people in colorado that i met on the airplane you know they're trying to launch they're going to launch this so uh, weed business so i'm going to send my resume in hey i got some applause on that i don't know why but i got some applause on sending my resume into the, the weed people of course they're not just you know i can't i'll have to change my tune but no longer call it the weed but call it the medicinal CBD THC uh, percentages for the weed, but, uh, you know, that, uh, <clears throat> that's that. So it's a business, a business, man. Hey, more clapping. So the business says, uh, we're here to make some gross margin, my friends. Some gross margin of 50, 60, 80% gross margin, whatever. Let's just do some gross margin. And you've got a unique product and we're gonna brand it. We're gonna do some marketing. We're gonna position ourselves as the best weed ever, right? As experts in the weed. <laughs> I can't believe I'm pursuing this thing. But I got some claps. And who knows where it would go. And, um, but again, I'm out of a job and can we keep the, I, I would be awesome if we can keep the track record going, like 60% raises when you get laid off to maybe this time a hundred percent raise, who knows? Why not? Why think, why have limited beliefs, right? All you people out there being creatives, why have those limiting beliefs? Come on, bud. He sees another doggy, another little doggy. You want to say hi, bud? You're such a social dog. Morning. I got a little social dog here. He's, he just has to say hello. Hey, bud, look at that. Another little dog. There we go. Hey, are you the f former uh, umpire in baseball? I am, yeah. Oh, I, my son's A.J. Ward. I remember you from Mountain Park. Gary Darling. M Gary Darling, yeah. Okay, cool. My wife, Sherry. Sherry, hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So you, uh, you hung up your cleats? A few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, since, I haven't worked since 13. Okay. So how, was that a long career for you? 27 years or so. Well, that's great. Not too bad. 
You, you wore, wore out your knees? Were you, you know? Uh, old, old war injury. War injury. <laughs> I developed blood spots, so yeah, I had to quit. Did they do your rotation for you? You know, I, f I forget how that works. You don't, you don't, don't do, clockwise, yeah. you don't, you don't do home plate every day or no, anything. Every four days, we oh. just switch them around. So yeah. great. Yeah, you doing all right? I'm, I'm still breathing. That's a good thing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm chuckling, right? Yeah. Like if you chuckle and you're breathing. And you're out walking the dog. You're walking the dog. Yeah. Dog therapy. We're, this is a grand puppy, so. Grand? Oh, wait, how do you? How does that happen? You, our, our daughter's dog. Uh, Okay, I thought you like like you kept track of your breeds, you know. You like you you no grandkids, we just like grand puppies. Grand puppies. Grand puppies. Well it's the twenty nineteen I became an instant grandfather a couple of weeks ago. Oh, of a four year old. Oh. One of those marriages yeah. to a yeah. previous marriage. Oh yeah. That's all right. So I got an instant grandson. Yeah. Nice. He's a pretty cool kid, actually, yeah. for Good. for the the trauma he's probably been through. I bet he has, yeah, with a divorce or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll and have fun with him. So, we'll are they local at least? Yeah, yeah. both kids, all their kids live here, yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Well, great. For a while, and now they do, so it's good. And one, one's married. You want to play? Married, and our daughter's got a boyfriend, so. Okay. One of these days. So they got the whole millennial kid type things. Oh, and yeah. 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 It's a different world out there, isn't it? For sure. <laughs> They're trying, you know, they just. We didn't get married until we were in our 30s, though, so. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. All right, thanks. Nice Good to see, to see you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for playing along. Yep. How about that? All right, we're on the podcast, walking the bud, and they're like, they're they're out of hopefully they're out of hearing distance, but it's like, so that guy's talking to himself. Yeah, but what the heck? It's a new world, right? So where was I? I was on oh, the weed application. So balls and strikes, new world. Here's an umpire. Everything's black and white. Strikers, ball. You know, we, and the world's not that way. And I think I've talked about that before with chess, games, sports, deterministic. I mean, there's individual things. We even watched, I, I don't really, the Milwaukee Bucks lost last night to in the playoff game, but I watched, because other people were watching it, and that's how I did it, it was at this this party. And uh, there's a player on the team that's, he should be shooting the ball, but he's too young and he's not confident enough. But it's like, dude, that's what coaching's for. And the coach would be go, dude, you gotta, you gotta be shooting the ball, dude. You're the guy. You're the man. Go get it. Other guys will get rebounds, pushbacks, whatever. But you gotta step it up. And that's why they probably lost the game. It's their best player wasn't wasn't coached into how to how to take control of the game. They say right. And basketball is kind of funny because it's a fluidic game like hockey, um, but in basketball it's a little more. Um, so it's more, you know, if you contrast hockey and basketball, hockey is funny because you get these guys have they can only play like a minute and a half. You probably don't notice it unless you really study the game. But what they do is they send they send three or four guys out for a minute and a half, and they skate their butt off for a minute and a half, and they're worn out. So what do they? Then they switch. That's when they you see that change in the fly. That's all. It's all because the guys are uh, worn out. So hockey's a bit unusual. There are obviously superstars that score. Put the puck in the back of the net, man. You know, get results, baby. Put the puck in the back of the net. And uh, I guess that's a faux co confidence level. But anyways, it's hockey. Whereas basketball, the dudes are, 
the dude, the really good dudes are pretty much on the court the whole time. I mean, you get your little breaks here and there. And so the pace of the game is not like hockey. Now, maybe they could make the game interesting and have the guys in basketball like sprint more, but it is what it is. So they have different ways of bringing players in and out. But again, that's the deterministic part of sports. The, the court is only so big, the net is exactly so high. It's uh, certain people's physical capabilities and bodies. Obviously tall people work well in basketball. So that's, that's the fit. That's the, uh, there must be a word for that, like where you're, you're kind of made for something, made for that sport. Um, but it's just a sport, guys, and it's just a deterministic thing. So God cares about everybody, and he loves everyone just as much as he loves Michael Jordan. And it's not up to, we can celebrate their excellence and their skill, but they, they found their niche. They found a, a way that they could be uh, reimbursed for being really good at something. So that's, that's that. So, I mean, Warren Buffett's probably really good at figuring out what companies are uh, going to be successful and wildly successful is interesting. But, um, yeah. So you go through life. Uh, I'm almost home now, so that's good for you listeners. But, uh, I got a clap on that one. <laughs> and I, I still don't know why I'm getting claps. But uh, yeah, we're getting up near the home here. You had a special guest there, a 20, 20 plus year veteran of the MLB umpiring crew walking his dog out here. I just, I just live in a famous area, right? I mean, wow. What podcast gets a special, special unaccounted for guest that joins us in meaningful conversation? And right, I got some claps on that. So I'm going uphill a little bit, a little bit of workout. But seeing some birds on things. I may have to do some digging in the front yard because I got frustrated with. The leaky irrigation systems or drip systems, whatever you want to call them, basically watering our plants that we have so they don't, so they can survive the heat and the dryness that is known as Arizona. So we are living on a Mars here in Arizona. Got a lot of claps on that one, I don't know why. So I'm gonna sit down and have a glass of juice in the, in the backyard and uh, and uh, do that and uh, we'll see see what happens the rest of this this week as we head into departure for departure for Germany week so the song of today was stepping out by Joe Jackson and Joe Jackson was really stepping out. And whenever I walk Bud, what do we do, Bud? We step out, don't we, Bud? So, there we go. Um, it's Sunday. I'm done with churches for now.
It's got to be reframed. I want to reframe church too. There's a dude that gives a message on Sunday. It could be a Roman Catholic priest. So shout out to you Roman Catholics. You're fine. You're just different. And those Protestant fundies who think you're whack jobs. Man, you know. In worst case, they think you're, you're going to hell, man. Roman Catholic Church, you're going to hell. You know, not a helpful message. Not even a, it's not really a Jesus message, is it now? So, um, what else we got? Uh, I guess that's it. So, it's been uh, part two, 25 minutes. Sunday afternoon, the reframing of the church is go, love people, but the religious leaders are tough to love because they think they know everything. So it's a bit of a, I don't know, is it a, is it a dichotomy or, you know, none because we all have our black slices, as I say, so we all have our failures. So it really needs to be a heavy dose of humility all around. And uh, people teaching, teaching, maybe they say it, maybe some of them taught, taught it. But really, we got to feed ourselves. Just we got to have our daily walk in the spirit. That's why the sola spiritu ambulatio, the six sola, is so important. And I really got to get this book out because, you know, it should start a lot of conversations. It might end some, but <laughs> but why not start a few conversations? Oh, so sarcastic. So. With that, I will say goodbye. Au revoir, as the French. It's uh, until we see, we re-see each other again in the Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen is until we see each other again as well. And it's, you know, goodbye is kind of final. Not, not, not very good, but uh, grace, peace, and mercy. I need some mercy. Don't we all? So we are all loved. And because we are loved, we can love everyone else always. Okay. Where is this thing going? I'm going to stop it now. Bye-bye.